Hi, it's Mike Morris. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic with Kevin Dietz and Sherry Dan Yogo is our guest today. She's a state house representative, and we talked to her about her aspirations to be the first female uh, mayor here in Detroit and about the house that she had torn down and about her thoughts about Kwame Kilpatrick and lots of other good stuff. So stay tuned to a great episode. Joining us this morning is Mike Morris, Detroit's top 30. Mike Morris. Mike Morris is in here to tell us about the backpack giveaway here. Adapt and adapt and change things up a little bit every year. Hi, I'm Mike Morris. Welcome to another episode of Open Mike. Alongside me today, as usual, is Kevin Dietz, and today we have State Representative Sherry Gay Don Yogo. Dan Yogo. <laughs> Did I get this the Dan second Yogo. time? Second you, time. Got Yogo. This, you got I'm the not second redoing half, it. right? Okay. I'm not redoing it. Dan Don, Yogo. Like Don, I'm Sherry. Dan Yogo. Sherry to Don. <laughs> well, you want to be the Don of Detroit, it sounds like, or the um, madam. The we'll madam see. of Detroit. We'll see. Not exactly, that doesn't but yes. Sound good. <laughs> a madam. Whatever. Okay. I'm already sweating in this interview. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're all over the news these days. I want to, you know, I know, you know, we're going to talk about your mayoral uh, aspirations and what happened to your house and all these kind of things. Absolutely. Um, but before I get into it, because, you know, if you are going to run for mayor one day, I think people are going to want to know who you are. Absolutely. So, Born and raised in Detroit? Born and raised in Detroit on the northwest side, Burlingame and Dexter. Born 1967. Me so, too. Are you? Oh my gosh. What month? January. January okay. 30th. September. September. 11th. I'm older than you. 9-11. Don't really? forget that. You, won't be able, you'll, you will not Come forget on. that. But never, ever. Um, so... So we are the same age. Uh -huh. And uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to two high schools, actually. Um, I went to Oak Park High School. Uh, graduated from Oak Park High School, but I also went to Redford High School. And so I have uh, two sets of alumni. Okay. I actually uh, started out in middle school at Oak Park High School, went to the high school, uh, was living out of district. My mother moved. We moved back to Detroit. I ended up uh, going to Redford High School. Okay. Went to the prom at Redford. Uh, and then a number of my credits uh, were different. There was not complete alignment with DPS versus Oak Park. And so the principal, Mr. Peterman, told me once I left Oak Park if I had any challenges or problems to come back to Oak Park. And so in 1985, when they told me at DPS that I would not be walking after I went to the prom, I went back to Mr. Peterman and said, hey, remember me? You told me wow. uh, to come back. And he said, yeah, no problem. Go find the exact robe and the exact cap and uh, see you on graduation day. And you walked. Singing, we are the world. Did you win any awards when you were in high school? Were you nominated for anything? Did you have <laughs> yeah, a... Yeah, I was a, a Phi Beta... I forget what it is. Okay. Uh, one of those academic, which I don't know quite how I got it. Okay. You were <laughs> smart. Somewhat. You were smart. Yeah. Most likely to succeed or something like that. Most likely to be the first female mayor of Detroit. Well, something not, like that. You know what? I have a birthday twin, uh, Michael Davis, who graduated from Oak Park as well. And he's been saying that for years. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he has. We have the same exact birthday. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, my father went to Oak Park. We've talked to uh, yeah. Adolf Mongo went to Oak Park. We've talked about Oak Park High 
high school and a lot really? of good people, including Adolph and my dad and you have come out of that school system. You know what, you know, Oak Park was an amazing experience. I still connect with and talk to a lot of uh, my alumni members uh, on Facebook. And it was a time where, you know, you had Chaldean students, Arabic students, Jewish students, black students. And what was amazing, uh, we all got along in such an amazing way. Uh, our friendships are like still really, really tight. Uh, and sometimes when we see some of the challenges, racial issues that exist uh, throughout the country or in our state, you know, we, we all kind of like pause and wonder like, so why were we able to really get along the way that we did? And why did we embrace each other uh, the way we, that we did? Uh, and it's, it's quite an interesting story that I think one day should be told. It's, there probably is a movie there or something. I think there is. I mean, it's it's you have people who are like of Jewish that fought for African-Americans who were incarcerated and making sure. I mean, I you name it. And it's just like the the type of unity that existed yeah. uh, and the friendships that are still very tight knit from Oak Park. I mean, I used to leave my house. I used to live on Sussex. I used to leave my house and pick up my friend on the way, Jackie Small on the corner. From picking up Jackie, we would have to go pick up Muntaha because they were picking on Muntaha and I was not having it. Oh, yeah. I don't like bullying. No, I didn't well, like let's bullying. Let's not get either. into that. Did you ever? So I grew up, my first five years were in Oak Park, born in Detroit raised used to have all my birthday parties at the oak park park oh yeah with the uh with the sledding hill i yes, still take my kids to with the trains with the trains thomas the train oh my goodness yeah that's my, my son's first birthday was right at oak I, park park that's i love that park i me too i still take my history. kids there i still go sledding nice there. walks fabulous all right a lot of love for oak park yes. this morning if you went to oak park you Red just King. say i was from oak park and people <laughs> will come to and go you know to what? Bat we gave you. all the kids uh Backpacks in Oak Park last year. I heard that. So yeah. my, my colleague, uh, Rep. Robert Wittenberg, uh, yep. he used to be my seatmate. Um, I know Robert well. He's a he's a good man. He's an amazing man. Amazing man. Very good heart. I should have, we should have him on the. You podcast. should. Yeah, he's great. amazing. He's running for something. Treasurer, he? I believe. Yes. Yes. He's to try and take over Andy Meisner's seat. I think he will. For sure. Let, let's uh, make it a note. Okay. Sherry, good idea. Anybody else? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll get you a um, list. Right. Get me a list. Um, why did we bring up his name just now? Because he represents Oak Park. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've you only had my two cups of coffee. It's okay. I, I, may, I may need another. So uh, after high school, what'd you do? After high school, I actually I graduated, like you said, like I said, from Oak Park. 85. And I followed my best friend who um, was recruited to go to SUMI College, uh, which is now Finlandia University in the UP. I know. I had no reference the point. UP Michigan. <laughs> yes. I, my, my claim to fame in Michigan is I went to more schools than anybody has ever gone to um, as a first generation high school and college graduate, but I made it. Wow. So it's Good always for you. Good. Oh, yes. How was it going to college up there? It was cold. It was cold and it was so much snow. They never canceled school. They had uh, orange balls on the antenna. Uh, so people could locate their cars. They put cinnamon on spaghetti. Uh, it was. <laughs> My wife went to Michigan Tech, so, so uh, yeah, that's you know. as cold as it gets. Yeah, it's, winter it's, survival. And they're, like, and they're Green Bay it's Packer Hancock. fans up yeah. there. Yeah, they're closer, much closer, right across the. Uh, I was right at there Wisconsin, early Wisconsin for the crossing point. Yeah, Hancock, Marquette. Michigan. Hancock. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. That was really so, cool. So, what got you into politics? Did you have any jobs before politics? Any yeah. crazy jobs? I'm a teacher. Any? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, That's I'm a, crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how many years? How many years did you teach? And what? Uh, where? About seven. In Detroit. Or more. Yeah. I taught. So I started at a charter school, uh, Detroit uh, 
Education Public School Academy, Detroit Edison Public School Academy, DEPSA down in Eastern Market. Um, I started kind of like team teaching with a teacher from England and it was really great because I'm a science teacher and so uh, it was great to kind of get my feet wet and see how things should go and, and really teaching uh, science uh, with a partner was excellent. Um, and just kind of get my feet wet. Was waiting to be uh, brought into DPS. Once I did, I taught at uh, Henderson uh, on the Northwest side, the Old Brooks. Uh, named after uh, Irma Henderson. And then from there, I went to Remus Robinson on the east side. So I taught in DPS, two schools, east and west, uh, sixth through eighth grade science. Uh, left there, um, well, before teaching, let me back up, before teaching, I worked for nine and a half years for two city council members, Alberta Tinsley, Talabi, and Clyde Cleveland. Okay, I remember those names. Yes, uh, so a great experience working with city council, working on NOF block grant. I was like the training, the IT trainer uh, uh, for the staff of city council. I was there during the time of Miriam Mahaffey, uh, Gil Hill, Kay Everett, Brenda Scott. Famous, uh, all those famous names. Yes, but more than anything, um, those famous names gave me uh, uh, a sense of roots of really public servants. Uh, and I wouldn't trade that training for anything in the world. Um, I got into the job. Uh, basically, my mother went to a prayer breakfast, met Alberta, introduced me to Alberta. From there, I want to introduce myself. And I came in kind of like as a receptionist from a receptionist. I grew to a special projects uh, manager from there, training. And then Clyde would come over to Alberta's office almost every day and recruit me to come and work for him. So I made the decision on one February 14th to go and work for Clyde. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. So, so that your anniversary is coming up. It's, it's almost coming Valentine's up. Day. Yeah. So that's obviously which is what, a special day, and we'll talk about that. Okay. A little bit later. But that's obviously, I say obviously, that's probably how you got your political bug. Why you want it, to be a politician? It, 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 well, it, it, and more than a politician, uh, because I say public servant. Um, okay. uh, more than a politician, I know I'm an elected, and I know sometimes a politician have a has a negative connotation. But I really bought into a set of principles and belief uh, while working there. I got a godmother, her name, uh, Annette Rainwater. She's now deceased, but she poured so much into me. She was actually Clyde's chief of staff. Uh, and when I got in his office, I didn't know whether I worked for Clyde or whether I worked for Annette. And those that are out there that know Annette Rainwater, they know they call her the general. Um, so it was amazing uh, working with her. She exposed me to so many organizations. Uh, they started an organization called the National uh, Congress of Black Women. Women, uh, Shirley Chisholm and a number of uh, great greats helped to start that at the local level. My godmother, uh, Al, uh, um, Martha Scott, uh, Emma Bell, certainly a number of people who helped start a chapter here. I was the education chair for that organization, but I was a page uh, briefly for uh, Irma Henderson going over to her house, you know, scribing, taking notes and things like that. And so it was that enrichment uh, that gave me a sense of how, what it meant to serve. Um, I worked on constituent services, addressing problems. And, and I kind of always uh, processed the issues of the cities through uh, the lens of those who were serving. Asking, so why do we have people that continue to struggle? Why do we have people who have continue to have challenges? Why are they calling um, every day with some issue as it relates to their water, their steps, their roof? Uh, you know, why, why, how do we change the trajectory of the lives of people? Uh, and I always ask the, our, my elders for their insight and their guidance. People like Teola Hunter, Alma Stallworth, Clyde, Congressman Conyers, um, who would basically pour into me and give me that level of insight. In 2001, I started an organization called the Coalition to Integrate Technology and Education. The way I ended up starting that organization was 
I was taking in all the applications for the NOF block grants. And I'm like, people are so siloed. Um, we would have great programming and we wouldn't be competing for dollars if people truly knew how to collaborate. Uh, and I don't think the system, the system afforded an opportunity for people who did similar things um, to understand how to collaborate. Uh, that was during a time when uh, at the federal level, Maxine Waters had came to town. They were talking about uh, they had passed legislation for CTCs, community technology centers. And so in my mind, working in the office, seeing our libraries were underutilized. Uh, they had computer labs in the libraries. I said, well, why don't we instead of just creating an independent computer technology center, why don't we find a way to bring together our libraries, science, working together. So we started these hands-on science tech camps with friends of Detroit uh, Public Library that kind of went all across the city. And so uh, doing that while getting my teaching certification uh, was what I did initially. So 2001, 2004, then I started teaching. Clyde retired in 01. So uh, that was the first thing I did. Brenda Scott was instrumental in helping me to launch the camp at Wayne State. Uh, and we did it again across the city at libraries on the west side, east side, exactly. Um, and, and so my, my point is uh, wanting to fix problems is what I've always endeavored to do. So I got into teaching in the classroom and like, oh, my God, we have some issues here uh, and we have to find a way to address it um, and just saw the systemic problems. Uh, barriers to children really being able to achieve at the level I believe that they could. But the one thing that I had was a connection with parents and the trust of the students. Uh, and so it became really um, uh, uh, my personal mission to fix it. In 2008, I was accepted to an Obama fellowship and I was accepted to an organization called Education Pioneers. I accepted Education Pioneers because I so desperately wanted to find out how do I fix the problems that I see in the classroom as a first generation in high school and college graduate because there was no other way to change the trajectory of somebody's life if they didn't have the best building blocks or a, be a good education. That's something you know because of your, your commitment to our schools. So in, in doing that in, in a way that was out in the Bay for 10 weeks with a bunch of folks from Harvard, Yale, Brown, you name it. And I was the only one there trying to defend uh, why our city was going through what it was going through at that time. But uh, out of 39, actually 38, because one young lady passed the first night, which was odd, uh, but 38 cohort members from all of these Ivy League schools, uh, the one African-American that went to Wayne State was selected unanimously to give the commencement speech. Uh, I cried almost through it, trying to figure out like, well, okay, the, the, the fellowship is over. I got to go home. I got to try and fix this. And I have no idea what to do. I start trying to find ways to uh, extend it, to work with labor, to work with faith, to work with foundations. And then the more I researched, the more I realized some of the policies that were being advanced um, were, I don't know if the individuals were intentionally, intentionally, uh, seeking to dismantle our schools, but ultimately that's what the policies lean towards. And so I took on this massive fight of trying to educate people 
of why the Education Achievement Authority was wrong, uh, why uh, allowing charters to go unchecked was wrong, why, regardless to where you fall on the spectrum of choice, if you didn't uh, give a level of fairness and balance to our educational systems, all children would suffer. Uh, and so that's what I did for you know a while. And, and then to change the, the outcomes is policies either made at the state level or the federal level. Uh, and so the first attempt to run for the house, I was asked not to run, actually. Uh, what year was that? I think that was 2008, Who 2008 asked you not 2010. To run? Uh, some of the folks from Kwame Kilpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want you to run. <laughs> they said, don't run. They said, don't run. Sit this out, one out. Get and out you, the and, race. And you, and you listened to them. I listened because my godmother, uh, Annette Rangwater, uh, helped make the ask. And then, what year was the first year you ran for Congress? I I didn't I didn't run for Congress. I state ran house. for state house. State house. I ran I ran for state house in 2012. The first time I was running against an incumbent, came in second, uh, learned what I didn't know, uh, and revamped and ran again the next term. So 2014. That was your first 16, year. 18, 12 was my for, for my first time running. And, and you didn't win that one. No. but You ran in 2014, 16, and 18. 18 yes. Won all three of those. Won all three. And you represent which district? North Rosedale Park, the 8th House District, um, Seven Mile Telegraph, 96 Schoolcraft, goes as far east as Meyer, far west as Telegraph and Five Points. So it's been an interesting six years. It has. And, so and you're term limited out now, right? Yes. You're, you're yes. done. You yes. can't stay there. Yeah. You, you can, and your term's over yeah. uh, this year? My term's over the end of December 31st, 2020. So, okay. You got you got a good 11 months to do some good work. Yes. So uh, how's the journey been? It's, you know, it's been amazing. It's It's been a, a learning experience. Like I said before, every job I've kind of tackled, it's kind of been in somewhat of a research format. Um, I made a lot of noise before I got to the house. Uh, so a number of my colleagues, when I got there, were like, she is hellfire. <laughs> so stay clear of her. Uh, and I had a reputation of just like fighting and, and being the advocate and et cetera. Uh, it's amazing that, you know, a complete metamorphosis is taking place, um, not because I've changed on my values, but because I've built some relationships across the aisle uh, that helps to clarify who I am as an individual. Um, I've had an opportunity to talk about race relation uh, relations with uh, people who just saw me as the angry black woman, um, but then realized that I was very passionate for all children and for our entire state to thrive. And so I would often give floor speeches that would educate people on the history because of term limits. Most people take their um, understanding and knowledge of the city of Detroit and or our schools and or the bankruptcy based on what the media says, but they have no real institutional memory of policies that got us here. Right. So I felt it was always my responsibility to take people back uh, to even busing, integration, and then take them forward to how we got here and why if we don't improve um, our systems, uh, we will continue to lag as a state. You're not just hurting Detroit or urban communities, you're hurting the entire state. Uh, and so that's what I've been endeavoring to do. How do you think uh, our Governor Whitmer is doing right now? You know, I think she's off um, to... Uh, a good start uh, in many regards. 
Um, I'm glad to see that she was able to to get in and get in the saddle and start lifting up issues as it relates to what she committed to on the roads. Um, I think some of the barriers that have been there, we, we still are in a bifurcated um, uh, House and Senate. You know, we have the majority. Well, uh, we are closer to a majority uh, in the House, uh, but we still are in a minority. So we have the the governor's office to kind of check and balance, but not the Senate, but or not, the House. but not the Senate or the house. And I would say the house is doing better working with each other. Uh, this term, I don't really have a real beat for the Senate. Uh, but so I know we're going to talk about you, you baby <laughs> wanting to run for, for mayor and not do most people, um, after their three terms in the house run for the state Senate. So is that typical? Uh, so, yeah. So some people will, uh, it, it just depends on what opportunities exist. Uh, and so for those who want to land uh, and matriculate, and you know, they might, if they have two years left in the house or four years left in the house and the window opens, they might seize that opportunity and jump go. Jump over early. Right, to jump over early. Um, you know, we saw that. I think Coleman still has a term left in the house if he wants to. Uh, Ian uh, Conyers went directly to the Senate and could, you know, run for the house or, you know, vice versa. Uh, so we've seen that with a number of people. Um, I think Pete went early, Pete Lucido mm -hmm. uh, saw an opportunity and, and went early. So some people do matriculate that way. Who's running for your seat in uh, November? Uh, there are a few people running for my seat, but I'm not gonna call their names. Okay, let's not call their names. One thing that's close and near and dear to my heart is the terrible legislation that uh, you guys passed. Um, I, I say I, you guys, I, I, I didn't say you I, voted I, for it. I, I, I didn't say you voted for it, but okay. our governor passed the auto reform in 2019. Yeah. Can we so, talk about that? So, well, I want your opinion on what the heck happened because I am not happy. So you're not happy. Tell me what I happened. I still have heartburn. And I, I took that Heartburn? Really, yeah, I know. Tell me. Tell me what happened there. So, Why did the governor side with the Republican House and the Republican Senate and the insurance companies and sell everybody in Michigan down the river with this horrible, horrible law? I cannot till this to this day tell you why I and 12, 13 other caucus members who voted against this package. I mean, this goes against everything, our Democratic core principles. It goes against what she campaigned on. Absolutely. So, so, so please. So, so I what happened there? I cannot. You I weren't can, in the I room. Can, I no. I communicated with the governor. I shared my disdain up until the ninth hour of us voting on it. Uh, our caucus had many com conversations. I continue to be a voice. Um, What's your gut? What happened? Was she afraid of the I, Dan Gilberts and the Carmanoses to, to run some kind of crazy uh, um, referendum and that she was afraid of that? That's a rumor I hear. So, so, what, I, don't, what you, so I don't know. So, so I don't really buy into that one because we still had another move after the you had time you had <laughs> right. time what so, was the rush so so I, I don't know initially i thought that maybe that there was a deal on roads i thought the same and obviously that didn't happen no that because she came out with a roads package real quickly and they gave her the finger absolutely real quickly so so the joy jovial celebrations on mackinac ended the moment uh the 45 cents initiative came forward she got for nothing roads. out of that no fault bs i don't law. i don't know i mean there are many that uh, talk about the pressure that came from the mayor of the city of Detroit. I didn't know his stick, you know, well, I didn't know he. I should have added him in the yeah. Dan Gilbert conversation. You're right. So he was get, putting pressure. Yeah, he put a lot of pressure. As a matter of fact, on, especially on legislators, uh, many people don't really realize he ha he raised money on the soft side and hard side, had a pack uh, uh, fighting against 
uh, reps that would vote against that package and did vote against it previously. He was going to run people against them to kick them out of office. Absolutely. If they didn't support the no fault reform. Absolutely. And and I really, truly don't believe there's going to be any change. I don't think Detroiters are going to see any rate relief. Their benefits have been slashed. Right. And I think that this is all going to, this is, all, I mean, this is going to end up being a I mean, it is terrible. It's, it's, it's beyond terrible. Uh, so, Mike, here, here's, a, here's a challenge that I have. Um, I, I'm an educator always. Uh, and I think it's incumbent upon all of us to educate the community on what they're, they will be dealing with. And so for people who believe that they will see a discount, number one, most people's insurance has already gone up. So if you raise their insurance right now and then take it back to where it was and say we gave you a discount after they've given up uh, the best coverage in the world, that's foolishness. That's that's number one. Number two, those who have property, uh, home, uh, any money in the bank. Uh, now we have a system whereby for those who might get injured would now uh, be able to to sue for damages for anything ab above and beyond the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar cap. That's problematic. So if I were to maintain the courage that I have, and now I'm dealing with individuals out here who uh, may get hurt, or I could be in, you know, found at fault uh, for any reason, somebody riding with me that may not have coverage, and now their, their, their coverage is capped, I'm now vulnerable. And so I have to get insurance to make sure that I cover my liabilities. And if those, if, if you are now, your, your, your services or your coverage are capped, and you can afford the best coverage, but then you're you're still limited at what you can get with respect to personal injury protection. Now I gotta have some measure of a gap insurance to take care of additional costs. There's a young lady, a young girl, I should say, uh, who uh, her mom brought her to the house floor as Rep Yancey's guest, Amora Harris. Uh, she was hit by a, a drive-by person that didn't stop, didn't come back. The little girl hit. She's struggling for her life. She had on a halo. She's just now starting to get mobility back. But do you not know immediately they cut off the coverage for her until we fought back, lifted our voices to make sure that, first of all, you're, this is a breach of contract. Uh, I'm no attorney, uh, but certainly understanding that if I purchase my auto insurance, uh, before this legislation passed under the pretense that I had coverage, unlimited coverage, uh, and the caps were unlimited. And now because the legislation was signed into law, you decide at will, you're going to stop paying the bill. We have to have advocates out here that will fight um, for the people. And so that, that's what I've continued to do. But, but Amora is only one story. Oh, there's, there's, I have hundreds in my own office. Oh, gosh. We just had a, a beautiful man on Jesus Moreno a couple of weeks ago who lost his hand in, in a city. A bus ran a red light and took him out on a, on a motorcycle, oh, lost his hand. Millions and millions of dollars. Had he had the $250,000 cap, he'd be on Medicaid. He Absolutely. wouldn't have all the prosthetics that he has. He wouldn't have had the brain injury treatment he has. He's doing great now because of no fault. I'm so scared for people. So the takeaway, if anybody's listening, when you're watching this, when you're listening is to buy, if you can afford the unlimited packages of no fault Please. insurance, and that will protect you by, Please. by uninsured and underinsured motors protection at the highest levels. But one thing that I want to ask you for the, for your, for the last year that you're in office here, the, um, the, the new rates of the alleged new savings is supposed to go into effect this July, mm -hmm. July 1st. So between July and the time you're out of office, I would ask that you hold the governor and the people who voted for it 
responsible. And I ask Absolutely. that you bring in people with their no fault bills and their declaration pages to show the savings right. and to talk about all of that because I now this is, hasn't happened yet because it doesn't, hasn't gone into effect yet, but my gut is, and I've been saying this on this show, there will be no savings. Right. And they're, and they've slashed the benefits. Several people and have said that. The only people who have won are the insurance companies oh, because absolutely. they're going to charge the same premiums mm -hmm. for less benefit. For less benefit. So, so well, why you, did the governor do that? I, I cannot for the life of me. And who so, knows? I mean, yeah. To be that, she to be that early in her term, she absolutely did not have to feel pressured. She had a, a, a full have, four yeah, years in I, front of I her. I wish I could answer. And to me, there was no th rush. That 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 fractured a bit of 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 the admiration that I held in fighting for a woman to lead this state, um, and, and it was very hurtful. Um, so I was very angry for a while. Uh, now all I can do is, you know, it's it's felt like fighting, you know, David and Goliath. I have on my Facebook page because people get they forget when things like this happen. I put up an intentional July first date to check your policy. So I made it an event uh, on social media for July first for people to actually check to see if they got savings. That's one. So you go ahead. April the sixth, uh, Monday, April the sixth. Uh, at five o'clock p.m. Northwest, not Northwest Activity, Wayne County Community College, uh, Northwest on Outer Drive in Southfield, we'll be holding on hall. We're bringing in the Department of fin Insurance and Financial Services, DIFS director, uh, that will speak about implementation so people are not caught off guard and understand how. Um, uh, they if you want me to come talk on that oh, meeting, oh, that'd be great. Oh, that'd April 6th. April 6th, check your calendar I I'd first. be happy to come and explain to people the implications if they choose oh the cheaper insurance. Yeah. And uh, I will help you in the last six months of this year, bring in clients, yes. bring in Educate bills. People. I, I, and I, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything that can be done a after because. So I think it could be appealed, uh, repealed, I should say. Um, I, and I know that there were some providers working together um, to try and, and do a referendum to repeal it. Um, so I, I don't know how successful that'll be. People are kind could, of still stunned. If we could show that there's fraud, if we can show that there's no savings, if we can show these things, that the insurance companies aren't living up to their word, then maybe, right? Yeah, I mean, they, I mean they've used ignorance uh, to their benefit um, because they're talking about, oh, you can't use the credit score. Well, they didn't use the credit scores in the first place. They could still use all credit-related oh, information. It's such a joke. Oh, they can't use your zip code. Yeah, they could still use territory and in statute they can draw a territory anywhere this is the census year they can use census tracts that will give them a, an even a more refined way of discriminating um, against people of color so you know okay. it's 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 become a job uh trying to educate people um to so they can they understand the really the fact that this package is absolute failure why do you want to be mayor for a number of reasons. For one, to address the issues that are impacting our communities, our neighborhoods. I see our city and I see our state, I see our country um, as an ecosystem. I think it is important that we fight uh, not only to improve and develop our downtown communities, but we have to make sure that we also present balance in the system for those who are in the neighborhood. So, so the, obviously we everybody says that the city of Detroit is back. The downtown area, I mean, we're not going to argue that it's not beautiful it's and beautiful. fun and feel safe yeah. and all those great things. Yeah. And whoever you give credit to, Dan Gilbert or Duggan or who, whoever, 
That's a fact, uh, I think. That's well, what, I, mean, I think so, most yeah. people feel that way. So, so, and they do, especially those people who are looking from the outside in. Who don't uh, live there. Who don't live there. But what about the, the person who had to be moved because of gentrification? Um, what about the people who can no longer afford to live downtown? Well, the people who live in your district. Right. So, so let's talk about that. What specifically do you think uh, the mayor currently is not doing for the people in your district so not just my district but through all through all the neighborhoods of, of all the, all of the, all of the neighborhoods in the city of detroit the same type of tax incentives that you give or he gives uh to corporations uh find a way to give those same tax incentives to small businesses to uh spur business development in the neighborhood provide access go above and beyond uh the call of duty to uh invest in minority uh suppliers developers making sure that uh, we bring everybody to the table. You look at the numbers uh, and the list of those who are on the demolition program, for instance. Uh, you can't tout one or two companies and say, look, we're doing business with a black person. That's nice. With a city that's 80% African-Americans. Show me a portfolio that is more representative of the city uh, and how you endeavor to empower people. Because when you do that, you spur business development uh, that makes it possible for people to have jobs in the neighborhoods, in the communities, et cetera. You do that. You prevent you present an opportunity for those companies now to reinvest in schools and baseball teams, et cetera. And so the system has to work together right now. What we see is corporate interest is benefit. Uh, but those who have demonstrated a willingness to remain in the city, to fight for the city, uh, to try and uh, uh, keep their boots on the ground and and move the city forward, they're not getting uh, the type of support that we see uh, downtown. I mean, take, for instance, the issue with uh, the overassessment attacks. I lost a home to foreclosure. I'm not embarrassed to say that. My heart laments for people who have no other recourse right now, and they lost their home because they were taxed at a rate that was not correct. And to now, as a leader of our city, say that we can't reimburse them, we can't make them whole, yet you can give a developer uh, in excess of $600 million, our priorities, his priorities are backwards. Right, and just, well, things like the giving money for like the Little Caesars Arena. Oh, absolutely, and, and that, take it away from our schools. The the and I don't want they, to make you, this. I don't know if you follow this as closely, but they realized that they had been overtaxing all property owners for several years to yes. the tune of six hundred million dollars in, ex, in and, excess of six hundred. And then they said, "Oh, we, well, we recognized it. We're not going to overtax you anymore, but we're not going to be able to help. do anything for you. So can't reimburse you. So, so, but, but, so that's yeah. the same thing that people, people did not years. like that. But so something's going to happen. It's not even that it's don't like it. It's unjust. How how do you justify? given a corporate interest um, or a developer that in many instances can be viewed as a slumlord in excess of $600 million, but you don't go out of your way to find a solution for the grandmother who's taking care of her children, uh, uh, her grandchildren, and now they've lost their home. How do you how do you say it, that? It, it definitely uh, makes no sense. So tell me what happened with your home. Is this the home that was torn down by mistake that when the foreclosure? Or are we talking about a different home? So that's different. Okay. Yeah, that's different. So, so that's that's actually the organization I talked about, the Coalition to Integrate Technology and Education, which I started in two thousand one. Okay. And so we uh, started a development where we sought to start a development, uh, myself and my board. Uh, I've been celebrating the city of Detroit for about five years. It's birthday in July. Uh, and we've been boarding up houses, uh, cleaning up the neighborhoods. It's right over in the area where we, we 
particularly work is uh, by Crowell Recreation Center and across from Hope Park. Uh, and so we started this program where we went to uh, develop a community partnership with the land bank uh, seeking to uh, remove uh, blight uh, from areas where there's parks and or schools, recreation centers. And so it was just a pilot. Uh, we met uh, an organization company, um, uh, New Start, and they were working in the space of doing property development, working with returning citizens, giving them the skill set necessary to repair homes. Uh, and then from the repairing of homes, they invest their time, sweat, and equity. Uh, they provide the wraparound services that were needed, and those, these people get into homes. So we didn't have the bandwidth in, in our organization, but we had a desire to move beyond just continue to board up the same properties over and over and over again. You drive down Losser, you see, we just boarded this up last year. Why are we boarding up the same house? And why are we not returning them to the tax rolls? Why can't somebody get in them? And the cost in, to, to repair these homes, you know, although you can get them through the land bank, the, the cost goes up here. So we work with New Start. We, they bring them on as partners. They start helping to get bids. You know, we do a, an MOU to talk about how we work together. We thought it was a marriage made in heaven mm -hmm. uh, because we didn't have the resources to do this on our own. And so part of our goal was certainly to address uh, the issue of returning citizens, giving them a skill set, a trade, etc., cetera, uh, and also to remove the blight. So, hey, this is a win-win situation. We've been boarding up the homes with Labor's Local 1191, the Michigan Carpenters, Operating Engineers, et cetera, uh, for five years now. So let's move forward to how do we acquire property, repair property. Our first goal was by the park that uh, Crowell uh, and Hope, but I actually, walking my dog, one of my board members and I, saw the home on Minock, uh, which was immediately adjacent uh, uh, to Stople Park. Uh, and so I'm like, this park is beautiful. They've invested a new walking uh, path. They have tennis courts. Uh, they had new baseball diamonds. They had water uh, marsh development. Uh, you name it, uh, they, they were investing in this park. And then right on the walkway, there's this home that's like dilapidated, it's woods grown up everywhere. It was an absolute mess. Uh, so I started researching and looking on one side of the street, the house where, where we got our house, 14567. Uh, there was another house, 14561, that they said was full of lead, et cetera. That house caught on fire. It was the city's house, Lambake House. It was torn down by a demo for $22,000. Uh, but our house sustained damages. After New Start had helped us get roof, siding, doors, so windows. So your charity organization bought that? We yes, we bought it from the land bank. I think for a thousand bucks. What year closing. was this? Uh, two thousand eighteen. Okay, so and 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 we closed like right in July. Our goal was to try to like make this big surprise about Detroit's what birthday. What were you going to do with this home? We had several ideas from our board. We talked about giving it away to a family. We talked about uh, doing some type of senior uh, development. We talked about a veterans program. We had ideas and making all, it low and affordable. And all the work that was done on the house was, was being donated by New Start. New Start. Okay, and the house was, in what shape was it in when it was torn down? When it was torn down, it was burned on the side that was adjacent to 14561, the okay. city's house. But the rest of the house was okay? The rest of the house, it, I mean, it needed some work. It was soot and smoke and everything, but, but yes. The, but if they would have looked at the paperwork in the, in the tax department, city department, whatever, it was an owned house. It was not a right. blighted house. It was not, uh, there was no tax. It was not on the list to be demolished. It was not on the list to be demolished. Right. And um, so tell, 
Tell us what so happened. So it's not on the list to be demolished. So here's the thing. Um, because being an elected official uh, and having this house after it was burned, um, I was just like in a panic. Like, so what do we do? How do we address this? Did you have insurance on it? Yes, we had insurance, but insurance was taking forever. Were they Because they suck. Yeah, well, Insurance companies yeah, suck. So I, w- I would have to say, be- I'm new at this, but yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> but, but they actually, the so community- I probably the, know who the, the insurance right, company the is. Adjusters, the adjusters were communicating with us on a regular basis. But it was just ongoing. So from uh, July, June or July when it was burning, July, that 18 August, or September. 19? Last year, 19. 19, mm-hmm. 19, okay. So July, September, September, October, October, uh, finally, September, October. We got to check, I think, September. Uh, but it took forever and I'm like, okay. You got a so check to repair the house. I got a check to for reimburse the cost of where we were. September of 2019-ish. Right. Yes. And they said... And they said that the house was not a total loss, so we could move forward. But again, we did. I didn't get the check in hand uh, until like the 19th or 20th, somewhere thereabout. The same time the house was torn down. Same days. Same, same, same week. Same week. But right, right in there around the same time. I, I know it because when I met with the police, I actually had the check still in the envelope. Which, yeah, right. So who told you the house was torn down? Actually, I got a text from John George, uh, Blightbusters, that told me the house was torn down. And you, what ha- what, what were you thinking? Feeling? I was like, what you, so for one, I thought that we had been communicating. This is, re- this is an interesting story. When people finally get down to the bottom of it, it's like really weird. So we have been communicating uh, for another reason based on the city's- You and George? Jo- John George and I, because he's okay. in my district. And George, Blightbusters has helped me with blight over in the area. Actually, John George also helped me get a raccoon out of my backyard. It's, it, you can't make this stuff up. Okay. So we're inboxing and we're having a conversation. Uh, and then my colleagues in the budget process wanted to do a blight removal initiative. And I reached out to John George to say, hey, this is what the caucus, the Detroit caucus is talking about. Uh, can you give me some numbers? So he said, well, what kind of blight? I'm like, well, blight. He's like, well, demolition. I said, do you, so you do demolition? He says, yeah. So when he told me he did demolition, I said, okay, well, I need you to take a look at my house. This is another issue uh, through either text message or whatever. I said, I need you to take a look at this house. And he said, well, can it be repaired? I said, well, basically it let me know it is repairable. So give me a quote for both because I can't begin to ask this organization. So to before do- the city by mistake tore down this charity charitable house, you had a check in your hand from the insurance company. No, the, I got the check right, right in the zone okay. of you when getting they a check. Right. You, were, you were supposed right. to get a check, right. but these insurance companies like to hold on to right. the money because right. they get to make interest on that money before they give it to you. So they like to delay. Oh, well, that's what it was. They like to deny. <laughs> I think the first they time like they defend. mailed it, they had the wrong address or zip code. Do you think that was by mistake? Well, I don't know. Right. I, I, but but um, you were debating. And, and curious, were you going to have to tear it down and start from scratch, maybe? Tear it down, move on to another home, or repair it? So you were making these all decisions. Kind of, right, all kind of options. Okay. I even had one lady that was trying to purchase it, but purchase or repair it, but you know, it, it just didn't ever pan out. And because of the rules of the land bank, again, I was trying not to be a 
land bank story, like another official. Which you uh, are. Yeah, I know I am. Story, so, yeah. so now I have to just, you know, articulate as best I can how we got there. Uh, but at any rate, when John finally got by or sent somebody by, uh, he's like, the house is gone. I'm like, <laughs> so... No, so it's not. Like, I was well, just there. Right. No, I wasn't because that's the thing. I didn't I, I didn't go by on a regular basis because I'm running back and forth to Lance. And I, right. I trusted the company that I was working with to help me do this project and help our board. We, we couldn't do this on our own. We all work. So so he says the house. I'm like, what do you mean? How's gone? I'm like, well, that's impossible. He's like, listen, takes a picture. That, right. That, <laughs> like, well, I don't know. So, 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 I'm that's what, at it. so that's what Looks I like was told. I never saw a picture that he took. So the day that he told me, I think it was the 26th, that it was gone. September 2019? Yes. Okay. When he actually told me it was gone, and I know, see, that's why I use Facebook so much. I actually had to speak at the NAACP that, that evening. Okay. And so after leaving the NAACP, I left there, went to get me something to eat, and then went by the house and I flash my lights and I'm like, lo and behold, there's no house. There's no house. There's like this just orange stuff. That's orange there. fence around yeah. it. So, so you, you made a police report. Actually, no, I didn't. I didn't make a police report. I'm in like total freaking shock. <laughs> the house is stolen. Get right over. <laughs> so I actually, here's so Sherry, I didn't, is so this I didn't the picture? Make, that's that, exact. you got it. I didn't make I a- I do my research. Good. I didn't make a police report. What I did was call my board member like, oh, my God, the house is gone. And she's like, what do you mean the house is gone? I was like, the house is gone. I, you know, so I think I early communicated with her earlier in the day and said, this guy, we sent him by there. He keeps talking about the house is gone. I'm like, the house is gone. I'm going to go by when I leave. So her house is like right on the route to the house, which is why we, when we originally found it in the first place. Um, but at any rate, the house was gone. And from there, the next day, I call the city to find out under what circumstances, actually I called a former uh, director of building safety engineer because I'm like, how this right. be, I'm, I don't wanna be the story again. So with the, with the city demolish my house before, and even though they gave me a notice that said October the 14th, and they're like, mm, And this no. is before you uh, announced maybe running for mayor. So oh, that way, yeah, couldn't way, have had anything yeah, to do yeah, with yeah, that. Right, right, way, just, that's a way, joke. Yeah, way before. So, uh, so, so I go, so I, so I, um, I call him, he gives me some numbers of some folks in the city, and I'm like, this is awful. And so then they start calling around, eventually I got a call from uh, the mayor, but I also reached out to a media person to say, hey, remember the house I told you about? Right, so you made a police report, you had a press conference, the mayor called you and said what? I didn't have a press conference. What happened, what okay. happened, I told- I, I saw you at a press conference. Yeah, no, 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 I didn't have a press conference. What happened, uh, the media person that I call uh, had a, said, I'm out of town. I'm going to have a person contact you. Uh, and they did. And I initially said, yes, we can meet. I tried to change recourse and say, well, no, let me at least find out because I talked to some folks at the city, what might've occurred before I move forward. And so they were like, well, you didn't authorize it, right? I said, no. They said, well, you didn't. This I said, no. And they said, well, it's still a story. I said, well, I don't want to <laughs> slam the administration <laughs> until I find out what happened. So let's fast forward. 
because it's a complicated story. Very. And I'm, I'm gonna write a book. Well, it, it's, from the what the from what s- people have reported, uh, it wasn't ordered, directed, or funded by the city, and there right. was no permits pulled. Right. Was this just a mistake? Did they get the wrong house? What happened? What do you think? Go happened? back to your tree. I'm glad you got that tree in the picture. I got the tree. So you see that one, four, five, six. I do. One. I do see. You that see how tree. close that is to our property line? Yes. Just in front of that tree. Turn it around for a second. Just in front of that tree or yeah. Right. So that's so close to our property line, not the other property line. There were three new sidewalks. Okay. That paint is fresh. I look at the sidewalk. I'm an investigator at this point. I look at the sidewalks freshly poured uh um maybe a few weeks or so. I look at the painted tree and I say they made a mistake. Whoever tore down that house next door thought when they came out here that they didn't do the job. So whoever poured the sidewalks, whoever painted the tree, somebody knows something and they decided to now get what I presume they thought was 14561 out the way because uh, it wasn't done the first time. Unbeknownst to me, uh, after hearing directly from Willow Meadows, which is where our house was found, that it wasn't a mistake. Uh, they actually had our address. I was, in my mind, I was thinking that they made, Adamo's done it two or three times. So maybe this is, you know, they did the same thing here since they tore down the one next door. I don't know. Okay. So they had our address. And so that at that point, I realized it wasn't a mistake. Uh, it was intentional. Well, do we know who gave the company that tore down the address? So we're back to Valentine's Day again. Oh, it's like a full circle. <laughs> she story. told you. She told you it was wow. going to come back. This up. Was, I don't even have a script here. This is like uh, all right. The arc is coming down. We're landing the plane. This is the payoff. This yeah. is the payoff so, punch. So, so um, I had asked my attorneys to. Uh, after all of the clues and tips I've gotten from several different places uh, to just really call everybody we can, um, God, if we could on making the dirt in the area uh, for discovery to understand who might have had any understanding, who did it, been reaching out to Eagle, uh, different people to try to determine like what could have happened uh, because the protocols weren't followed. Um, so, uh, I'm hopeful, um, that in meeting with the prosecutors, which I expect to meet with them on February the 14th, that we will get some level of understanding of what possibly happened. I met with the police on October the 8th. And from what they told me, what I've read in the articles, somebody dropped a prescription bottle, um, Nobody gave authorization, but they just wanted to get ahead, start on the job. It makes absolutely no sense. So in addition confused. to a uh, uh, legal um, civil. civil suit, you, you're hoping that there may be well, criminal how charges? How did we get from a civil suit to criminal charges? Because how do you just demolish a house with... so so? Well, you said she, it was a mistake. Mistakes aren't usually I criminal. Thought, so I thought it was a mistake. Based on the press conference that Chief Craig... Uh, and all of the officers, environmental officers had that had a flow chart that made it look like I was a part of the Gambino crime unit. Uh, uh, yeah, you gotta watch it. So they said, I didn't know anything. Um, I slowed down the process because I didn't tell them about a quote, um, a quote that I still never gave permission for new start emails me a quote. Uh, I think they sent it maybe on the 19th. 
Uh, I think I saw it on the 23rd and responded and said, thanks, but I'm exploring other options. What was the quote? The quote was from a company called Superior uh, that said that they could demolish the house for $10,000. Remember, she said she was considering different options, right. whether to demolish it. So she had right. gotten a quote to demolish it. Yeah, they had it. gotten three. And, and when the home disappeared, she didn't run to the chief of police and say, hey, I just got a quote last week to demolish it. So maybe they did it. It, it was, but, you know, but... There was a lot of press going on. People were trying to, they were moving quick without a lot well, of crimes information. Crimes have to be, there has to be an intentional, uh, right. intentional something, an overt act to, to uh, commit a crime. I mean, wh who do you, wh why would somebody. Is there a financial motive to do this? house down? That, so, so no, first of all, the fact that Adamo tore the house down next door for $22,000 and this nut job tore ours down for 10, allegedly, that he never got paid. I think it was seven uh, because I guess they were supposed to get the three and he was supposed to get to seven. Or, or nobody versa. paid it. Nobody, nobody's, paid no, nobody's paid it. Nobody gave a retainer. Nobody ordered it. Nobody pulled a permit. Nobody did anything except for took it to What's the name Woodland of that company? Meadows, Gibson. Gibson tore it down. Yes, that's what was alleged. Is he I part of the blight program? He's getting federal funds to rip down these he homes? He is, yes. He's okay. a part of the blight program. He is a contractor uh, that works uh, very closely with So what's going on in your civil suit right now? There, well, you in discovery? We're, we're in discovery. Uh, we're in Wayne County Circuit Court. Yeah, well, I don't. Downtown? I get the, I get the courts. Are you downtown? Up, sorry. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I haven't gone to court matter. yet. So I'm it's a newer yeah. thing? Yeah, it's a What are you thing. suing for? Well, I'm suing to understand who did it, first of but all. You, but usually for you discovery. sue for money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> usually you sue for money. I want the discovery, not the so, money. <laughs> you don't want the money? I want so, depositions. So, so, I want so, people sorry. under oath. I don't, so, so I wanna, so I, wanna, I want the loss to be addressed. But for me, for, you know, when I sat down with my attorneys, they were like, so what do you want? I said, like, I want my name back. I mean, I've tried to, as an educator, live above the fray. I'm not a perfect individual by far, uh, but my credibility was questioned. That was very hurtful. Um, so more than anything, you know, we have insurance. I, I'm not going to be out here just destitute. My point is, I want to know with full sincerity Who's responsible? Why did they do it? What is it connected to? But you're you're a state representative. The mayor called you. Did you try to say, "Hey, mayor, can you please get me these answers? I don't want to drag anybody through litigation." Did you ask people? So we spoke the first day, and he said, "Well, um, I wish you would call me when it first caught on fire." Um, I communicated with other departments. I said, "Okay, well, I I didn't." Uh, he said, "Well, we'll get you another house." Uh, we'll take, you know, take care of this. I said, well, whoa, whoa, before we do that, uh, you didn't do it, did you? You know, I said that jokingly. Uh, you didn't do it, did you? Uh, let's find out what happened. And that was the last time we spoke about it. He assured me that that they would make me whole. Uh, but my inquiry has been, I don't need anybody to give me another house. But, but you bought the house for $1,000. Right. You got an insurance check. How much was that insurance check uh, for? Like 34, yada, yada, yada. $1,000. Yes. So you. No. Not yet. So the work that went into it uh, went far above and beyond that. I think it was close to like 42. And your organization paid the 42? No, our organization did not, has not paid the 42. Our relationship again is with New Start and a lot of that work uh, was consummated through working with them. And so everything came to a halt um, after we didn't have a final decision of where we would move with our project, what we, how we would you know finalize and pay the balance of what they you know would require us to pay and the insurance check is just sitting in the bank we're just kind of like 
and limbo. And so um, you're sure on, on, on February 14th, which is next week, Friday, a week yeah, away, a week from today, a week from today, yeah. you are, uh, meeting with the prosecutors to see if they're bringing charges against somebody or getting I, an update on the I'm, case. I'm hopeful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're meeting with Kim Worthy's office. Yeah. Her, her staff. Yes. So we may need an update yeah. for sure. Um, and because this, this has still got a lot of questions. I mean, I, I there think are a lot of unanswered questions. Okay. I mean, it's, it's confusing a little bit with the civil suit. Cause I'm really not sure, you know, I so, understand so that sometimes the, you need yeah, to go through the, civil so discovery. Value, so, so I would say this, the, the first, one of the first things that one of the attorneys that I was, that I didn't retain wanted me to proceed with just suing for the balanced value of the property. Uh, I think it, it's, it, it exceeds that because our goal was to do good beyond just our house. Okay. Uh, the property lots adjacent even to the properties. Uh, we were talking to folks about doing a, a larger development, uh, of some sort. So it it so, had broader implications. It, right. So I understand. So my, my initial goal wasn't just, okay, let's seek damages and find out what we're financially owed for me to have this level of a cloud of suspicion, um, tossed around, uh, because I didn't bring you a piece of paper, but I gave you every individual, even text messages to the lady who wanted to buy it. The neighbors across the street, new start, everybody I communicated with, uh, in regards to either repair demo, et cetera. Um, I shared. Okay. She wants the truth. I want the truth. Well, good so luck in finding the God. truth. Good luck in finding the truth. You can't yeah. handle the truth. <laughs> so yes, I Will can. you either come back or call in and give us an update? Oh, absolutely. Because I'm thinking, you know, we can put that on the back end For of sure. this uh, episode sure. because I think that this is a big thing. And I and I appreciate you coming on today because the accusations that you were alluding to can stick. Yes. And you want you want to clear the name. You want the truth as to what happened. Um, your story sounds believable and credible and you want either a prosecutor or the civil suit to you know put, I want the, my name put the cherry on the top yes. of this cake you'll, you'll, you'll know a lot more after that february 14th meeting they'll, okay. they'll tell so, you if so we'll talk about that so the last topic before um i let you go is we've been asked we had sharon mcphail on recently okay who advocated for kwame kilpatrick's early release Oh. And so we've been talking about that. And I think you've made some statements about that as well. So why don't you just state your opinion about um, his sentence and what you think uh, should happen? So uh, we talked about the stakeholders that I've, I've worked with, be it faith, uh, civic, um, community, grassroots, et cetera, um, in the space of communicating and working with an, a White House official, uh, Jerron Smith, being the Detroit caucus chair, doing the Congressional Black Caucus uh, in D.C. We held a breakfast. He came to speak. Uh, and my goal was to bring awareness to development in the city and why African-Americans and minorities were not getting access to opportunity zones. We had a very in-depth conversation with uh, county, city, state leadership in D.C. We uh, furthered that conversation uh, in Detroit with a breakfast recently uh, in December during which uh, pastors uh, and elected officials, uh, one of which couldn't come, but called me the morning of and said, listen, I can't come. It's very important. I have a funeral I got to attend, but I need you in that room with that official from the White House to lift up our package uh, that they had already developed uh, where many pastors had already signed on uh, to call for uh, 
Kwame Kilpatrick's early release and having his sentence commuted. Uh, there were those that were there uh, in attendance that also echoed that. And so there's a list of pastors, hence why I wanted my folder. Uh, but there's a list of pastors uh, who supported that. Bishop Van, uh, Spencer Ellis, uh, Bishop Sheard, Wayne T. Jackson, um, John Sheard, Pastor Griffin, uh, and a number of others uh, who lifted that up. Uh, Mayor Yap from Highland Park, Mayor Muhammad from Benton Harbor, uh, Mayor Kelly Garrett, Lake so Village. Lots of there's a groundswell of ground, support, yeah, yeah. at least in the in the pastoral right. community, yes, as well as yes. probably and, and elected as elected, elected as well. officials. And so and so with that being the case, in that space, it was a meeting that um, I hosted uh, through my leadership. Uh, and so I brought that issue up and put it right in the room to talk about it, uh, to make sure that when Jerron left, you know, that you guys are working on um, expungement reform, you're working on criminal justice reform. Uh, you know, we've seen people uh, across the country who've gotten a lot lesser sentence uh, for more egregious acts. Uh, and so we ask uh, for consideration of the proposal that was already uh, coming before them. Okay. And we have no idea what the White House is going to do. No. But your position is what? Your my, position my is what? My position is that his sentence should be commuted. Uh, I think it should you be, think it was too long. I think it's too long. Uh, I, I certainly, I think it's absolutely too long. I think 28 years, uh, you have people, you know, who murdered individuals, uh, who are not in jail for 28 years, but let's just go on the side of, uh, making sure that the, the ecosystem is balanced. Um, I don't believe nonviolent offenders should just be locked away, uh, on the tax expense of taxpayers. I think if we want to have them pay their debt to society, there's other ways that they can do that. Uh, and you can't do it locked behind bars. Uh, and so I think it's important when we measure up uh, a comparison of other offenders, what their sentences have been. If we take the argument of dealing with where the country is going right now, I mean, Madoff is asking to die at home. Uh, so you, you have that's a, probably not going to happen. Well, I know, but I'm just that's saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying but you can ask for whatever I, yeah, he wants. I'm just, I'm just saying uh, you got the Kardashians, you know, are you around. in contact with Kwame? I am not in contact with Kwame. You're not sending him uh, no way no. bars or <laughs> anything like no, that? Letters? No, 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 I, I have not. Do you know him well? I don't know him well. I know him. Uh, my relationship uh, is more closely knitted with his mom. And, and his mom, is is she still she's, in Detroit here? Uh, no, she's out of state now. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess uh, time will tell. There's probably no time frame what the White House is doing. They're dealing with their own stuff I, right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, they're dealing with their own so, you stuff. Know, there's been rumors that uh, our current president, who we don't like to say his name on this show. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, there, uh, I mean, there is a, t a bit of a timetable. I mean, a lot of people believe that the reason Kilpatrick would uh, pardon uh, Kwame Kilpatrick is to help win Michigan in 2020. So, so that's, that's what in I was November. just going to say. And I think so, you, yeah. so, so let me just say this. I think it's more than Michigan. And I think if you analyze, if you look at um, uh, Van Jones' uh, commentary about the after the um, his state of the union, uh, the president was directly uh, courting African-Americans. Uh, the policies with respect to uh, criminal justice reform, and not to suggest that it's just only African-Americans, but certainly someone that is doing something with all sincerity to address uh, the systemic problem. Um, having the Tuskegee Airmen there, having the young girl and her school choice there. I mean, uh, certainly I think the award should have gone to the Tuskegee Airmen. You, I think you, he missed the mark <laughs> there. So we understand what he's doing. Yeah, okay. we, we know what he's do, doing. Do you, 
is it is it working? I will say this right now. I have grave concerns for the Democratic Party. I have grave concerns. If they don't pull it together, he will walk right into another four years. And you have people who have vitriol and enmity towards him. And I would never vote for him. But you got a you got a roster of people that will sit home and watch the ship ship sail by. They will not put in a booty gig. It's going to be hard on a Bernie. They're not seemingly interested in Biden. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe we should pull for the woman. <laughs> well, we I don't, don't know. We, we, you know what, whoever the, whoever the um, nominee is, we do need to get Detroiters out to vote. Right now. And um, they got to talk to us though. Talk to us, talk to our issues. Don't wait. You need them to come off of that census too, yeah, because you're yeah. going to lose a seat. Yeah. If, uh, Michigan's going to lose a seat if they, yeah. if, if the numbers aren't, don't improve. If people, people don't there's people smarter than me working on that but issue. Are they, census, are they, are they, do they have a covert them. operation? I mean, the streets yeah. are not talking right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm scared too. I'm yeah. scared too. Yeah, they got to work. Well, Sherry Dan Yogo. Yes. Thank you, for, <laughs> thank you for coming in. Quick this stop. has been really fascinating. I'm excited. Please call us next Friday. Oh, absolutely. And um, we'll do a we'll, we'll do a split screen and we'll do something. We'll get you on. We'll do a phone we'll call. Put, we'll do a phone call. I want. I really want to get to the bottom of what's happening with you. You're a lovely lady. Thank you. I appreciate and, that. And um, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Pray for me. So too. I absolutely. Thank you. So Kevin, thank you. You bet. Thank you for watching another episode of Open Mic with Sherry Dan Yogo. She was a fascinating guest and I'm filming this odd outro a few weeks later because I wanted to get the answer from her regarding whether or not the Wayne County prosecutors would be prosecuting anybody for ripping down her home, her charitable home that she told us about on the show. Turns out they will not be prosecuting anybody and she is very unhappy. She's been very vocal about it on her Facebook page that I follow that you should too. So that's an update. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, like, tell all your friends, stay tuned for more episodes. We're having a great time with this podcast and we hope you watch or listen or both. Thanks again.